When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. We'll chase it all the way back to his own end as this building is absolutely electric right now with the Allen is having a four-on-three here with the Penguin line. Nelson into the slot, walks in, shoots, he scores! The New York Islanders have moved on, and that was one of the big goals along the way. The play-by-play voice there from the Islanders radio network, a guy you've heard several times on this program over the years. We always love having him. It is Chris King checking in. Chris, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Reed. How are you? I am doing very well. It is good to talk to you, and uh, the season keeps going for you guys. I know you and I usually touch base on the show a couple of times uh, throughout the season, and we might stay in touch uh, off air a little bit as well. But man, oh man, uh, if anybody didn't already think the Islanders were for real after what they did last year, you better believe it now, I say. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, a year ago, they go to the conference finals for the first time in 27 years. And then, you know, this year they're facing, uh, you know, the one seed in the opening round of the playoffs. They fall behind two games to one and rally to win three straight. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's been uh, really three good years under Barry Trotz. That first year, you know, they won a playoff series finally for the first time in an eternity. And then they won, you know, a bunch of series last year, as I mentioned, getting to the conference finals. And now, actually, this is the first time they've won a series under Barry in which they were trailing in the series so uh you know a little bit step forward again and now an even bigger test in the boston bruins beginning here tomorrow in uh, massachusetts so what maybe this is a weird way to put it but i'll ask it this way what's the barry trot secret <laughs> or is it the lou lamarillo secret <laughs> you know it's a little of both reed it really is a little of both and, I, and i'll give you this this is to me the best way i can possibly illustrate what those two have meant to this organization at the top Prior to their arrival, okay, the Islanders had won one playoff series in the previous 25 years. That was 2016 against the Florida Panthers. One series win in 25 years before Barry and Lou arrived. Under Barry and Lou now, this is their third year. They've won five playoff series. Barry has been coach of the year. Lou has been GM of the year. And, oh, yeah, they've gone to the playoffs, you know, for three straight years, which is something that hadn't happened in a long time either. So that's the best way to boil it down, you know, is the difference is made to the franchise. And as far as Barry is concerned, the best way to illustrate his importance is going back to that first year because the previous season under Doug Waite, the Islanders had given up the most goals against in the National Hockey League. Well, Barry comes in, implements his defensive system, and with essentially the same personnel, leads the league in fewest goals against. He cut 100 goals off the Islanders' goals against total. That's something that hadn't happened in the NHL in 100 years. And he won Coach of the Year for his effort right there. So that's really, you know, what Barry and Lou have meant together at the top of the organization and, you know, what Barry's system kind of has meant to the Islanders and turning the franchise completely around. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Chris, because, 
you know what it's like in our business. You got to do predictions, and I'm often wrong. And I kept picking against the Islanders last year in the postseason. <laughs> and this year I thought, I'm not going to be fooled again. I don't care that they're the four seed. I looked at that goals against column, and it was second best in the league this year. And I thought yeah. goal prevention and the, the Lamarillo effect just seems to get those smart trustworthy guys who can kind of do a little bit of everything. And I thought I'm not picking against and, I, and I'm going to pick them to, to beat Boston as well. Yeah, this is going to be a much tougher series read, no doubt about it, but I'm with you in that in general, you know, when you see the stark contrast, uh, you know, between the Owls and Penguins, you know, Pittsburgh is all about offense and the power play. Island is really all about defense and the penalty kill. And, and really that is the main reason they won the series. They held Sidney Crosby to two points in six games. So, um, this series is a little different. These two teams are almost mirror images in the styles they play and really how they're laid out with one huge exception, and that being, of course, that Boston has the perfection line, which the Islanders have nothing that even comes close. But if you look at lines, you know, two through four, D combos, one through three, goaltending, it is so even and so similarly matched right down the line. But, you know, many folks are giving the edge to Boston because of that Bergeron line. But if the Islanders can find a way due to the Bergeron line, what they did to the Crosby line, well, then they're going to make a series of it. How's Everly playing? I know I ask you that every time, but fans here <laughs> still follow him. And, uh, and this is the Everly versus Hall series, the ghost of Oilers pass, but how's Everly playing? Yeah, he's been okay. You know, it's interesting, Reed, because, uh, you know, two years ago, the Islanders swept the Penguins in the first round, and he scored in every one of those games. So I think the expectations were high that he was going to do the same thing again. Um, he didn't have any goals in the first three games, but then he had a nice power play goal in game four. He had a huge game tying goal in game five, and that really was the turning point game of the series. So he ties it in the third. That's in Pittsburgh. They win it in double overtime, and that was, again, a 2-2 series at that point. So that was just a monster goal for Jordan, you know, to get the Islanders even, and then Bailey scores in double overtime, and they take the series lead and then clinch it two nights later on Coliseum Ice. So he ended up with two goals and an assist in the series. But, uh, you know, he's always been a penguin killer. And now the real question is, can his line get going? Because Matt Barzell didn't score at all in the series against Pittsburgh. Leo Komarov is on that line in Anders Lee's spot and not really meant to be a goal scorer, but more of a physical presence and a, a kind of an agitator and create room for Everly and Barzell to do their things. But they need a lot more, you know, from that top line if they're going to have a chance to beat the Bruins. It really has been the Islanders' second line of Nelson, Bovillier, and Bailey that carried them through the Penn series. Yeah. Well, they got they got depth. That's the thing there. One more before I let you go, and I've asked you about this before as well because it's been a weird recent few recent seasons with the for the Islanders with the arena stuff and sometimes having two home arenas. Um, you know, you and I talk about you know where they're yep. located and some of the <laughs> some of the other teams play right in Manhattan, and the Islanders are in the in the shadow a little bit. Are they starting to get some people back on board? Like that they're you know legitimate they're they're not an afterthought in the new york area anymore there's another team in manhattan reed <laughs> the, the knicks i'm yeah. talking about the knicks that's right of course the knicks who are on a great playoff run here right they're in the postseason for the first time in forever and and tied with the hawks right now no no i know what you're saying and um yes it has you know what it, it's come around obviously with the rangers not making the playoffs this year and the islanders making it um, I think the, the spotlight's a little bigger on them, although both local basketball teams are in the playoffs now. And, you know, the Knicks are a shock, but the Nets are expected to win it all. And they're actually right outside my window right now here. I'm outside TD Garden in Boston, and they're battling the Celtics uh, okay. in that series. So uh, that's going on. But, no, you know what? The biggest thing I could tell you, Reed, is the level of 
uh, awareness of the Islanders right now might be at an all-time high because it is the final playoff run ever for Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. So this is a building that, you know, they've called home for almost all of their nearly 50 years in the National Hockey League. Um, and they know they're going to, grand, uh, going to a brand-spanking-new, incredible building next year, UBS Arena at Belmont Park. But because this is the last playoffs ever at the Coliseum, uh, the, the crowd was absolutely incredible on Wednesday night in the, in the, uh, the clincher, the Game 6 call you heard there, just drowning me out almost the whole evening. And, you know, they hadn't clinched a playoff series on home ice in 28 years. So they want to send it out, you know, with the fanfare that it deserves. They skated three of the four cups that they won in the early 80s on Coliseum Ice, and they would love nothing more to, than to skate the cup one last time and then shut the doors on the old barn. Chris, uh, I always enjoy having you on. The, the only thing i got to warn you about is if the Islanders keep winning, we keep bugging you to come on Inside Sports. <laughs> I hope you can accept that trade-off. <laughs> Reed, you know I love talking hockey with you, and again, I, I love any time we visit Edmonton. That was actually the only city we didn't get to last year in the abbreviated season we were in calgary waiting to go to edmonton when the uh, the covid shutdown occurred so i really do miss going to edmonton it's one of my favorite cities and i just love the passion that that you and everyone in that city has for the oilers and for hockey in general right on chris have a good night man have a good call tomorrow too okay thank you so much reed for having me always great talking hockey with you and especially stanley cup playoff hockey there we go that is chris king the update on the New York Islanders, Jordan Eberle, Barry Trotz, Lou Lamarillo, pretty good-looking team now as uh, they will now take on the Boston Bruins. We're going to follow up in, in right away here after the break with a young man we introduced you to a couple of weeks ago through a former coach, Gloria Amanda, Edmontonian, who's been named the top men's soccer player in the NCAA. He's going to check in live after the break. Matias Janmark has scored for Vegas. Six minutes into the first period now, Golden Knights leading the Wild 1-0 in Game 7. I am pleased to welcome to Inside Sports for the first time, but I'm guessing it's not going to be the last time because this guy is on his way to doing great things. Soccer star, Glory Amanda. Glory, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. <laughs> Thank you for checking in tonight. I know you had a busy day and kind of a whirlwind last 48 hours or so. You have won the Mac Herman Trophy as the best male player in NCAA soccer. So an incredible honor. How did it feel to win it? Oh, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. It was an amazing, amazing moment for me and my family and obviously for Oregon State as well. So it, is, it feels good. It feels good. Uh, that I won, and, and honestly, I couldn't do it without, without my teammates. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful. What was the season like for you guys? So many sports were affected by COVID, no fans, shortened seasons, canceled games. What was it like for Oregon State soccer? Yeah, it was definitely tough because we usually play in the fall. The fall came, and we had to uh, delay the season. And there was also a conversation whether they're going to uh, proceed with the season. So there's a lot of of what ifs uh, that, could, that could happen. And, and obviously, as a player, you want to play, you want to get out there and play. But obviously, it was a time where everybody in the world needed to, be, needed to play their part. And and we kind of just did that and waited. And then thankfully, we had a season. And and we, we my team in particular, did well in terms of following the COVID rules and 
taking care of business on the, on the field as well. Yeah. I, I want to get to know you a, a little bit. And we did have one of your former coaches on a couple of weeks ago, Marco Ruscio, who, who told some of your story. But, but I, I, I want to get it straight from you because you moved to Edmonton, I think, when you were eight. Can you tell us about the first eight years of your life before you became an Edmontonian? Yeah, actually, I was, I was a bit older. I was 10 uh, when I'm okay, sorry. in 2008, 2008 in, in Edmonton. And, yeah, I was... I was in Tanzania, um, in a refugee camp. Uh, that's where I was born. Uh, the first years, the first ten years were, were tough. Um, obviously, for my parents, me as a kid, I was obviously oblivious to what really was going on. I just just taking it day by day as a kid. You don't really know what what the life is and, until you, I guess, leave the environment. And obviously, now I look back at it, and it's just it was a it was a, a poor beginning. And I'm thankful that my parents were able to do everything they could to make sure me and my brothers and my sisters have a better chance here in Canada. Yeah. Well, man, that's amazing how you put that, that as a, as a kid, you kind of didn't know there was uh, another life. So when you're, you know, a young, energetic, athletic kid in, in a refugee camp, um, yeah. like how how did you play soccer or, or do anything you know you know what I mean like I, I hope this doesn't sound like a a, a dumb question yeah. but uh, you know that's the age when a lot of kids get involved in organized sports what what could you do at that age yeah it wasn't organized um, in camp in a refugee camp it's just like honestly whatever we could find that was round and and it looks like a soccer ball would just play and there wasn't like age restrictions either it was <laughs> Guys would just get around uh, and just play and play for hours and hours. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Until, until it got dark outside and we'd go home. So for me, that's all I remember. I just remember playing outside for like hours with, with, with a group of friends. So when you come to Canada and, and then you come to Edmonton, tell us about getting involved in organized soccer and uh, sort of getting diving into into that world like were you really good right away or, or did it take you a while <laughs> no no I was, I was i was not very good i was average i would say uh i mean i came here my brother kind of just put me and my other and then one of my other brothers into a into a local team and then was, i think we moved to extreme fc and we just kind of kind of just kept playing and and I mean, the more i played the more people kept telling me that I'm really good at soccer, <laughs> and, and I just—I guess I just wanted to uh, maintain that. And from that, uh, just, I guess uh, consistency, I ended up at uh, Saint Nicholas and met Marco Bosio, and who, and he just kind of made me realize, I guess, what I could do in sports, and and gave me the structure that I needed to to move forward. Yeah. So when did you start really to get noticed by, you know, I because FC Edmonton, the Whitecaps, obviously you've wound up at Oregon State. When did you sort of get noticed by people at the next level of the game? 
I think it was a, I think there's a thing called the uh, Provincials um, in Edmonton. Uh, Alberta Soccer kind of hosted it every year, and a couple of groups from Calgary and Edmonton would get together and go play some of the other best uh, provinces in the country. And when I kind of joined that group, uh, we went to Vancouver, and from then on, Vancouver kind of took interest, but I see Edmonton kind of took me up very quickly. And then six months later, again, Vancouver showed more interest, and and me and my family made a decision to move to Vancouver, well, for me to move to Vancouver. All right, and things have taken off for you since then. Uh, Gloria Amanda joining us tonight on Inside Sports, uh, telling you about his uh, journey through soccer and becoming an Edmontonian, and uh, Edmonton really kind of launched him on his way. He's now won the Mac Herman Trophy as the top male soccer player in the NCAA. How would you describe yourself as a player? Let people know who haven't seen you play. Well, for me, I think I'm just a, I'm very good at everything. Uh, obviously, for me, scoring goals is what, what I like to do, and I want to get on, on the end of things. And I also like to come drop down and create chances. So I want to, as much as I want to score, I also want to want to make make sure my teammates are, can also score. So the best way to put it, I I, I can just do a bit of everything. So you know, you have one year of eligibility left for Oregon State. Yes, yes, I do. Okay, and then uh, and you can tell me if I'm asking this way too soon. Uh, like, what's next? Does it, it does does Vancouver still have your pro rights, or could you go to Europe? Uh, what's what might happen when you're done school? Uh, right now, I don't really know. I don't have an answer for that question. But obviously, I want to I want to become a pro, so I have to um, make decisions uh, that, that could obviously take me forward. And yeah, in terms of MLS, the White Cups still own my right, so I don't really know how we can move about uh, through that league. But I will see. We'll see what happens. Only, only God knows the answer at the moment. And did you did you play with Alfonso Davies for a bit when you guys were both here? Yeah, we played at St. Nicholas and a little bit in Vancouver as well. He was a special talent, Alfonso. Nice. Okay. Well, so are you. Don't sell yourself short. This was awesome to have you on the show. And, uh, you know, I should let people know I, we, we were we were trying to find a time throughout the day, and I know you were traveling. So I, I appreciate you, you fitting us in in, uh, in your hometown because I think fans want to get to know you, and they're going to obviously remember your name, and I'm sure we're going to see you representing Canada and all that incredible stuff. But congratulations on the Mac Herman Trophy. Good for you. Glory will definitely keep in touch. Continued success. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. That is Gloria Amanda checking in as he is the top male soccer player in the NCAA. And uh, as he was telling you, after uh, getting out of a refugee camp in Tanzania, spent, uh, well, from the ages of uh, 10 through most of his teens right here in Edmonton. Good stuff. This is Inside Sports on Chet. Fifty-two left in the first period. Game seven. Golden Knights leading the Minnesota Wild one nothing. Matthias Janmark with the goal in that one. Tomorrow, game six. Leafs and Canadians is at five thirty. Game one. Islanders and Bruins is at six. We had guests on earlier in the show talking about both of those series. The Blue Jays lead Cleveland. How about this? Nine two now. 
in the top of the sixth. And basketball playoffs, Atlanta up late in the fourth, 105-91 on the Knicks. So it looks like they're going to take a 2-1 series lead. Late in the first half, Celtics up 61-55 on Brooklyn. That's game three in Boston. Brooklyn leads the series 2-0. Clippers and Mavericks are going to tip off in uh, a few minutes. Okay, well, this is going to be fun. Or perhaps it'll be sad and disastrous, which... That's pretty much what this show promises you on a nightly basis anyway. So the the history here is three weeks ago, for some reason, I said, look, if you want to write into the show, it has to be in limerick form. And I was pleasantly surprised at how many people took up that challenge. So I thought tonight, it's Friday, we're trying to get over the Oilers losing we're watching these other teams play in the playoffs or maybe some of you aren't watching anymore so i said you give me a limerick about the first round of the playoffs and then i also said name the inside sports goat we have adopted a goat here's what he sounds like (laughs) i could hear that 400 times a day and still (laughs) still lose it is he happy is he sad who knows like when you played that, when you played that yesterday for name the animal, my first guess was going to be that it was a like a, a monkey being stabbed. That <laughs> that would have been my guess, but but it's a goat. Okay, so we have limericks and we have suggestions for the goat. We got more limericks than we did name suggestions. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is how you text. And you can email insidesports at 630ched.com. So I tried to sort of collect some of the best ones here in a document. I I will say this. Some of you can write a poem, but you don't know exactly what a limerick is. I may have to do a separate Zoom call to instruct people on limericks. Yeah, there was a couple of haikus up there, I know. Yeah, well, there's a couple like they rhyme, like the Fizzler wrote in. Mm -hmm. And it rhymes, and it's funny, but it's not uh, not a limerick. A limerick goes... The format is A A B B A, right? And the the mm. two lines that the, with the B rhyming scheme, like people are, I, I, I'm sure people are happy to be hearing about rhyming schemes on Friday night at seven thirty seven. Anyway, you, you gotta be, kind of gotta be sharp to, to participate in this show. So anyway, uh, here are some limericks. Uh, some are better than others in my mind. I'll, I'll let people be the judge. Brian from Harlan. I think he was the first one to wrote in. And mm. this one might be the best one. Well, I just said I wasn't going to evaluate them. <laughs> so much for that. Brian, where's Harlan? Do you know where Harlan is? I do not. I don't even know if that's a town or a, na- uh, a neighborhood. I will now Google it on the fly. Uh, Harlan, Alberta. I don't. I don't know where that is. Well, he'll tell us. Maybe he's at a pub. Maybe there's a pub named Harlan's. Okay, this is this is a pretty good one. A good goalie is just like a thief. He hands out a package of grief. That damn hellebuck can sure stop the puck. Now I hope he crotch kicks the Leafs. <laughs> That's pretty good. Lovely. That's pretty good. Uh, Dan says... I don't know. Well, this one's a little, it's, it's kind of got a bit of a naughty word in it. I'll read it anyway. Mm. There was once a team called the Oilers. 
They were beat by the Jets, who were spoilers. They need to sign Nuge. The payoff would be huge for them not to drop a big coiler. We'll just leave that. We won't comment any further on that one. You yeah. put it out there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Ryan, see this one, it's like it's got the rhyming scheme, but it's it the cadence is a little off. Reed and Inside Sports adopted a goat. It bleated and screamed with a very sore throat. Ever since the goat the goat joined, Reed's ratings were bested. Reed had no choice but to send him out for COVID to be tested. The unnamed goat had to isolate and work remote. It's not bad as a poem. Yeah. It's got the rhyming, but the third, the third and fourth lines are a little too long. And he wants the goat to be called Horatio. It's got uh, one of those por- poetry slam vibes yeah. to it. Like I, I feel like I'm watching yeah, this is, this is interesting. Act, or Axe Murderer when I'm reading that. So We're, we're going to have to do a, a class on limericks. A former Ice fan wants the goat to be called uh, Billy the Goat. Here's another one. The Oilers, they skate oh so fast. If only the first round, they would outlast. But fans, we will wait. Next year will be great because winning the cup will be a blast. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that one. And, that one's good. And uh, that texture wants the goat to be named Screamy. Screamy? <laughs> uh, Cynthia, there is a team called the Oilers who wanted to be playoff spoilers. They gave it their all, but they are too small. Out in first round, poor Oilers. Pretty good pacing, but she used the word Oilers to rhyme with Oilers. I got to be picky here. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone listening from the uh, from the Midwest, the Lloyd Minster region, where I used to work. The goat sounds like Beaker from the Muppets. I'm going to go with Beaker. Another texter wants the goat to be called Gregory Gregorius. Is that a reference to something I should know? Gregory Gregorius or Gregorius Gregory? It has Gregory Gregory, unless Gregory is the name of the texture and the name of the goat is Gregorius. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, this texture wants the goat to be called Screamin' Reelin', a combination of Reed and Kellen. Now, I did say it can't be called Reed and it can't be called Kellen, but I didn't say anything about combining the two names. That's not bad. Screamin' that's original. Reelin'. Yeah, that's that might, original. That might be the leader right now. Uh, Gary wants the goat to be called Mickey. Another texture says the goat should be named Jack after Jack Michaels. Oh, I, I don't know if we're, we're going to do that. Uh, Luke says there was once a player named Connor whose season was flooded with honors. He ran into the Jets. We all lost our bets, and he and his teammates were goners. That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Good, good point uh, from Luke. Uh, Don has written in and says, boring show. Well, boring is in the ear of the beholder, Don. It's okay to laugh sometimes, buddy. It's okay. Uh, wow, there's a lot here. <laughs> yeah, some of these, they didn't quite fit the, uh, the rhyming, the rhyming system. Uh, former D-man Mark, who was on the show earlier, says Edmonton was once a contender, then they were a pretender. The Jets moved on, the Oilers fans piled on, then we had beers and said, thank God it's summer. Oh, mm-hmm. not bad. Oh, by the way, I had a uh, request over the phone to play the goat sound again because somebody wants to send in a, a like a late submission, but they just want to hear what the goat sounds like. So here to that person. <laughs> There you go. 
Uh, this texture says you could call the goat scre- you could call the goat screech and it could be a mascot for the slaw. Hey, that's true. That's I true. like that. <laughs> that's a great idea. It's definitely going to be a mascot for the slaw mm-hmm. and the official inside sports goat. Uh, wow, we're getting a lot of. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to call the goat. We might have to think about it over the weekend. Yeah, this is kind of a reconvene on Monday type now, thing. <laughs> here, here's the thing. Somebody, uh, who is this? Um, somebody who says their their son in Slave Lake is driving the length of Alberta tonight. Well, hopefully that's a safe drive. That they want the goat to be named Trevor Kid, which is really clever, but I hesitate to uh, name it after a real person. You know, just because if 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 uh, Trevor ever gets Trevor Kid ever hears we name this goat after him, he might not understand the uh, the context. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, somebody said they liked Luke's uh, Limerick the best. That one was pretty good. There was once a player named Connor whose season was flooded with honors. He ran into the Jets, and we all lost our bets. And he and his teammates were goners. That was really good, and I still like Brian from Harlan. Mm-hmm. A good goalie is just like a thief. He hands out a package of grief. That damn hellebuck can sure stop the puck. Now I hope he crotch kicks the Leafs. I, I like that one too. So we got a tie for best limerick, uh, Brian and Luke, who will get canned hams at some point. Mm-hmm. And are we going to name the goat today or, or later? What did we liked? We liked uh, we liked screaming, reeling, mm-hmm. and we liked screech, right? And uh, it's definitely going to be a mascot for the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. Do, do we want to table it and come back to Monday? I think we have two? to table it. I yeah, think I so. Think yeah, so. yeah. I, 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 it's like we're having a city council meeting. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, we're going to table the motion here on the goat's name. Uh, can we put that forward for future discussion? Okay, we got the limericks taken care of, but we will uh, uh, table the uh, discussion on the uh, on the goat's name. Um, we will adopt the goat as a mascot. Uh, Dion from Lacombe. How's it going in Lacombe? Didn't I go to the Allen Cup in Lacombe? Kellen, two or three years ago? I think you did, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was Lacombe, wasn't you did, it? You did a show from yeah, the there. Yeah, the Bentley Generals and then yeah. other the Lacombe Generals. Yeah, I went and did a show yeah. from the Allen Cup one. Right. Dion from Lacombe says the oil were a team with a plan to go far in the playoffs. Oh man, it went horribly wrong and didn't last long. It hurts to still be a fan. Also very good. Dion. Also very good. Mm-hmm. We got some people definitely uh, vibing with the limericks tonight. So that'll be, we, we have, uh, we, we had three good limericks for sure. So we got a bronze, silver and gold in however you want to rank them. And we're going to, we're going to uh, table the name of the goat. Mm-hmm. He will remain. Let, let's ask the goat how he feels about not having a name yet. Sure. Uh, how do you feel about just sitting for the weekend and then we'll decide it on Monday? <laughs> I think he's cool with it. Yeah, he's fine with it. He's, he's totally fine with it. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for participating in uh, that part of the show. Oh, Richard likes the one Dion just uh, just texted in. Well, that's that's good. That's good, Richard. Thanks for not being bored like Don was. 
780-496-0063. It's 746. Uh, we got our buddy Michael Carsmaker coming up with Michael's Minute. Welcome back to Inside Sports. Hope you have a great weekend ahead of you. And we have our Inside Sports stats specialist standing by. It is time for Michael's Minute with Michael Karsmaker. Hey, Michael, how have you been? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Reed? I'm doing very well. It's good to catch up with you again, buddy. I know you're disappointed that the Oilers got knocked out in the first round. They yes. got swept in a seven-game series. How often has that happened to the Oilers, losing four straight? Well, Reed, it has happened three other times in the playoffs for the Oilers. It was in the 1999 first round against Dallas. They got swept. And then in the, in the 1992 third round against the Chicago Blackhawks. And in the 1983 Stanley Cup final against the New York Islanders. Right. Well, I can remember all those series going back for sure. One of the highlights of the Oilers' regular season was Connor McDavid over 100 points in 56 games. So we won the Art Ross Trophy, and that's a trophy that has several Oilers' names on it over the years. That is correct. It all comes, goes back to the great one, Wayne Gretzky, who amazingly, Reed, this is amazing to me. It just blew my mind. Wayne Gretzky won the Art Ross Trophy, a record seven times in a row from 1980 to 1980-81 to the 1986-87 season. And then also, Connor McDavid also did it, won the Art Ross in the 2016-17 season and the 2017-18 season. So back-to-back. -back. And then the year right after that, the German... Leon Dreisaitl won the Art Ross in the 2019-20 season. Yeah, a lot of Oilers players who have racked up a lot of points over the year. That, that is cool, Michael. Thanks for digging into that. Enjoy the postseason and enjoy the golf. We'll have to talk some golf in the weeks to come as well, buddy. Thanks for checking yes. in tonight. Yes, thank you very much and have a great weekend. Enjoy the links. That is Michael Carsmaker, Michael's Minute. He's our... Stats specialist here on Inside Sports, and he was telling me got a uh, first birdie of the summer of the golf season earlier this week. Hit a nine iron to one foot, tapped her in for bird. Good stuff, Michael. All right, we got a tie game in Game Seven: Minnesota and Vegas, one-one after the first. Yanmark at five oh nine, Parisi at sixteen forty-nine with the reply for the Wild. Minnesota winds up uh, out shooting Vegas 10-8. Of course, Cam Talbot has been really good in net for the uh, Minnesota Wild. He's going up against Marc-Andre Fleury tonight. Minnesota was down 3-1 in the series, trying to finish off the comeback and get the victory. The latest on the Blue Jays, they are cruising after six in Cleveland. They now lead it 11-2. Grichuk, three for four tonight with an RBI, uh, three RBIs each. For uh, Espanyol, Panic, and Guriel Jr. So the Blue Jays uh, looking good. They're up to 25 and 24 on the year. 
Richard says, uh, Reed, never bored with your show. I'm proud to be one of the 14 official listeners. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. We're, we're proud to have you. You 14 have been uh, solid and loyal over the years. It's, uh, it's good to know you're still out there. Hey, speaking of golf, I want to remind you to go to the contest page on 630chat.com. We want to send you and a friend to golf the championship caliber ranch golf and country club you uh, enter on our contest page you could win a pair of golf passes to the ranch and golfer country club i uh, i think it's wednesday next week i'm playing at the ranch and i got a round booked uh, for riverside monday morning as well so i'm getting out there haven't played since early august so i'm sure i'm just going to be in fine fine form dialed in not going to miss a beat everything's solid right down the middle nothing to worry about <laughs> yeah yeah sure do you golf, Kellen? Only miniature. <laughs> well, <laughs> can be frustrating in its own way. I'm but. just, I'm just waiting for that. Uh, I'm not even sure if it's still called the Galaxy Land Golf to reopen at West Edmonton Mall, but you know, get a chance to do that. Well, the one, uh, yeah, what's it called? The one by the, or the brick isn't even there now. The brick has moved. Yeah, the one by the, uh, yeah. you know, on the, by the food court there on the. Yeah, phase well, I three. think don't they have the. Um, what do they call it? The the glow golf, the glow in the dark golf. I think so. Yeah, that's like in the. It's in a, yeah, park. it's like in a store. You got to go. Yeah, in. yeah. It's in a cave. Also, uh, reports today that Joachim Nygaard, uh, who was with the Oilers past couple seasons, has signed back in uh, Sweden. Didn't play a lot, obviously, for Edmonton. Okay, we're going into the weekend. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, well, I had fun this evening. Hopefully, at least a few of you did. Thanks for the limericks. Thanks for the goat name suggestions. You also heard from Brian Wild, Paul Sir, Chris King, Glory Amanda. Bob Stoffer's back on Monday, noon to 2 with Oilers Now. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. My name's Reed. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.